This episode is brought to you by Bray Wealth Insights. As an entrepreneur, there are many things to know. Bray Wealth Insights is in the business of helping business owners gain clarity. Many owners do not understand the importance of the relationship between their business, their personal estate plan, and their workforce. Bray Wealth Insights helps entrepreneurs to build business continuation plans, recruit, retain, and reward key employees. And with cutting edge surveys and tools, they help owners to understand what their workforce values. For more information, you can contact Bray Wealth Insights at info at braywi.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-R-A-E-W-I.com. Now back to our regular scheduled programming. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, where we'll talk all things business building and beverages. I'm Greg Sobosinski. On the show today, we have Tyler Kropp of Hydropower Exterior Cleaning. Tyler, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Greg? Good, good, good. Uh, so uh, what's on your mind, man? We've been sitting here chatting for the last uh, 10 minutes or so, but uh, what else is on your mind? You know, I don't know. I got to be honest, Greg. I'm a little nervous for the pod today. Uh, first time on a podcast for me. Um, you, know, you know, the nerves are going, but... If you're not nervous, you don't care. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's one of those things where a lot of these people come across sometimes they think it's like a, a big deal, but it's just no, very, very conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've been talking um before we got on about marketing, some of your backstory, things that are happening kind of in the world, just as far as marketing and um new ways of doing things, or some stuff that's kind of old hat and there's kind of um new, more efficient ways. But let's kind of start with you. What what is um hydropower? And um let's just start there. Yeah, so Hydropower is a small power washing company that I started back when I was 17. Um, a little bit of background myself. I, you know, born and raised in southeastern Pennsylvania. I'm 20 years old now. Started the company when I was 17. I uh, kind of always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was never really sure what I ended up doing. Uh, one day, you know, I think I was a junior in high school. My dad brought home a little electric power washer and uh, we're sitting there doing the front walkway and patio. And he was like, I bet people would pay for this. So I kind of took it and ran. My first paying customer was my uncle. He said he'd give me 500 bucks to wash his house. And my mind was just absolutely blown. I couldn't believe that someone would spend $500 on one thing at one time. I was like, oh my gosh, Uncle Matt, are you insane? You're spending 500 out. So, you know, 17 years old, I got 500 bucks. Probably took me four days to make that money. Um, But, you know, I thought I was on top of the world. So I kind of kept doing it for that first summer. Ended up making like, you know, 3,500 Four, you know, four grand, something like that, that first summer when I was in high school. So it was, it was pretty solid. Uh, it's just a little side gig, you know, doing jobs for f- friends and family. And then kind of just grew after that. I mean, I'm super lucky in the sense that my dad uh, had like a graphic design and sign company. So right off the bat, he made me a logo. He, you know, created a brand for me. So it really felt a little bit more official than it really was. Hmm. Uh, it was just a one-man show, but I, you know, had a nice clean logo. Uh, I had a logo on the trucks from, from a pretty early you know, point in the business. But second year, I was really part-time. I was running a business from the back of my class as a senior year of high school. Uh, stayed pretty busy, though. Um, and then the following years, you know, the next year, I I mean, that that this is probably the last revenue number that I'll say, but that second year, we ended up doing like $50,000, um, you know, just 
as like a senior in high school. So it was pretty, you know, pretty good little gig. Uh, and then after that, I kind of just started hiring friends from high school, friends from college. Not that I, I didn't go to college, but some of my brother's friends that were attending college in the summer, they would help me out. And then uh, that was last year, 2022. I mean, I guess it's two years ago at this point, but then 2023 really just threw some gas on the fire. We, you know, grew by another hundred percent. Um, and then looking to do the same thing in 2024. So right now, uh, you know, in 2024, we're budgeting to have a team about 10 to 12 at our peak. Obviously, it's a super seasonal industry, so it's sort of tough to staff. Um, but, you know, March, April, May, June, those sort of months, we should be up around 10 to 12 people on the team. Cool. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot to unpack there. And I think one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, there's this phrase, and I think your, your dad told you this, you know, I bet people would pay money for this, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of like the unlock phrase for a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, yeah. you know, I, f I find myself all the time, you know, like, yeah, you know, I bet someone pay for that. You know, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And, and you kind of sprinkle it in throughout your day and you start seeing problems here, problems there. Oh, I bet someone would pay for that. Mm -hmm. And then over time you see, okay, which ones are actually the most palpable and workable? What, mm -hmm. what, what are the ones that really, I think I, I can work with, but, uh, to your point, you know, for when you, when you see, I think, I think the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the light bulb kind of goes off when you see the revenue model, you know what uh -huh. I mean? You're like, okay. I have proof of concept here. Yeah. Someone's paying me X amount to do this job. All yeah. I have to do is replicate and plug in. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the first day that I made a thousand dollars and it was like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, at for, you know, when, when you're that young and you start a business, you don't really know how much money is out there in the world. So, you know, there's always, there's always like, you know, Facebook groups of industries and stuff. So I've, I've always been in those because mm -hmm. it sort of teaches you a lot. Actually, it's pretty good when you're first starting out. Not great if you want to grow the business. That's a whole nother <laughs> side of things. There's a lot of idiots in those groups. Um, but I remember this guy posted a picture of his CRM and he said that it, it said that it had $30,000 worth of work on the schedule for a given month. And at that point, like I said, you know, in 2021, I did what, $50,000 in revenue. So I was like, holy crap, 30 grand in a month. It blew my mind. Um, and now obviously, you know, we're, we're well above that, but it was, it was, it was cool that I got a taste of how much money a business could bring in from such a young age, because it's obviously set me down a pretty good path or given me a pretty good head start. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of people hear revenue numbers like that and they just instantly dismiss it. I mean, like mm -hmm. we were talking about like our, the TikToks that we, we I was talking about sure. before we got on, you know, you post pictures of this is how much the Christmas lights cost and people just bark at you and then call you a liar or a scammer <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, you got to uh, just not look at that. <laughs> they, they, they won't believe it. So I'm, I'm glad that I actually had proof of concept from a super early age. I'm extremely grateful for that. So you also mentioned you're, you're not in college currently. You didn't go to college. No, not at all. Um, so I've had this discussion a lot recently, but, um, do you think that has helped you? Um, to put, I guess to put it bluntly, but mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people now it's they don't really even go to college necessarily for the purpose of learning. Mm -hmm. They kind of go more for oh, that's just kind of the next step. I, I, I go here, and the next step is I get a job, and I go to college because that reinforces okay, I'm learning about the job mm -hmm. I'm going to get. Yeah, but you know, you kind of learn other skills when you're kind of forced to just start working and do other things. Mm -hmm. um, so talk about that a little bit. Talk about the college aspect or of, of not going and how that's um, 
I guess the effect that that's had on on you. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm not a college hater by by any means. Uh, I know it's it's super beneficial for a lot of people. My my younger sister's in college. Most of my friends are in college. Sure. Uh, a lot of my friends' parents went to college. Neither of my parents went to college, but a lot of my friends' parents went to college and you know got solid jobs and are are you know not bankrupt from the debt that they took on and sure. you know kind of scored pretty well once they got out. Um, but I, I would say I'm not a fan of college with no plan. Like you said, a lot of people just go because it's the next step. Um, you know, I think if you're going and getting kind of a, you know, a a BS sort of major, and then you just have zero plan at all in terms of what you want to do when you get out, uh, sort of like, you know, no plan to pay back the debt. If you are going into debt, cause I know a lot of people just, their, their parents will pay for it and God bless them. Cause they're pretty lucky for that. Uh, but and I'm definitely not a college hater by any plan, by any means. I just like to see people have a plan uh, before they do take the next step, no matter what it is, you know, no, no matter if it's going into college or not going into college, you know, just getting out of high school and going into the workforce with no plan is just as bad as going to college with no plan, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, the thing that's that's changed in my mind over the last little bit is just like, what's the value proposition? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like definitely. before when you had tuition say wasn't as high as it is now it's mm-hmm. like okay i have this tuition but you know i can reasonably pay this off mm-hmm. with a job in a couple of years yeah I guess to the point now though where it's like you know a college degree is you know eighty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and it's like well how long is that going to take me and yeah what, exactly. what, what am i actually pulling from what i'm actually getting in return because a lot of this stuff now and that's why i love podcasts there, there's so much information on podcasts mm-hmm. it's like i could just scrub some of the top doctors on podcasts and basically have some semblance of, Honestly, of a biology I, degree. I, you know I learned I mean? how to run the business from YouTube. Yeah. I, I know nothing from, from the business classes that right. high school gave me or obviously no college courses because I didn't take any. And, and that's more where my critique comes in. It's like, well, it's not that it's not maybe valuable to some degree, but it's like, well, is there a better substitute? Or if I can mm-hmm. get, if I can get where I want to go, learning a lot of the same stuff for nothing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. that that's that's a big swing right there. yeah but the sad thing is that a, that a lot of companies a lot of corporations aren't going to want to hire someone who hasn't just proved that they can kind of stick to something for four years and, and at least have some sort of proof of concept to to what sort of education they got because you know, i sure i could go and say hey i know more about business than this kid who just came out of four-year show me college sure. right but then yeah, I mean, there's really, I mean, I guess I have the business. I have a good good bit of proof. <laughs> but, um, you know, if it was just like me who spent four years learning on YouTube versus someone with a degree, I think it's a pretty obvious choice for that company. And, you know, like I said, in, in a lot of senses, college does make sense. But for me, I don't think it was totally necessary. Cool. And then just to, um, I guess, to also pivot off something you said here was you kind of had the the nice benefit that your, your dad was a graphic designer mm-hmm. kind of worked in that space. So right off the bat, you had this, this logo, you were kind yeah. of looking, looking clean. Yeah, I'm daddy's funny. I'm totally <laughs> daddy's funny. <laughs> Good to go. But I'm saying like, my point is sometimes when I want you to talk about this for a second, the appearance, just like the, the collected nature of looking like you have a business, mm-hmm. how important that is sometimes, even if all the pieces aren't together. Yeah. Cause to be honest, a lot of the pieces aren't always going to be together. No. Never. You know what I mean? So no. you can't wait to have everything put together before you start, so to speak. Yeah. So maybe just chat about that for a second. Yeah. I mean, I would always advise to take imperfect action rather than no action at all. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the brand is a huge part of, I think why we succeed nowadays. I mean, 
it, we have a very different brand from them from what we started with back in 2020 like early what, 20 what, yeah what was it be, so i can show you if i have something around the shop i know there's like a banner in the in the garages that has you know our old logo on it so i'll show that to you after but it was just sort of simple it didn't really have you know unique colors it sort of just blended in with every other brand Whereas nowadays we wrap the trucks, you know, I'm on the side of the trucks or real loud colors, navy and uh, like a turquoise, like a teal kind of color. Um, so if you were to line up every power washing truck in the area, ours is the obvious standout. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what brand is. I mean, that's super important. Uh, if you like walk the shelves in a grocery store, you see that, you know, all of these packages are just competing for your attention. And that's exactly what I'm doing with every other truck on the road and every other website that comes up when you search power washing near me. And I think, I mean, it is uh, honestly, branding is a little bit of an ego play because you can, you know, stand behind your brand and say, Hey, this is what I built. You know, it looks a lot sexier than like just white vans rolling around or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it does help a ton. And especially in 2023, I felt a huge impact uh, after we rebranded, you know, compared to our previous brand. Yeah. There's, a uh, an element of branding that almost has like this shock factor sometimes. Absolutely, and I think yeah. like, uh, I think the com color combination is cool. And like, there was like this one company, um, which just made me think of this is, um, out of Arizona. I think I mentioned this to you before, but they're called like orangutan mm -hmm. HVAC or something yeah. like that. And they just have these bright orange uh -huh. trucks with a huge orangutan on yeah, the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's a couple of branding agencies that specialize in home service companies, especially van wraps. Hmm. Um, like Dan Antonelli out of Kick Charge Creative in New Jersey is one of them. And then who's the other one that I know more? Uh, Ryan Kettering from Prolific Brand Design. Hmm. If anyone listening wants to like check those guys out, they do like some awesome brands. Uh, those are like quality home service brands that they're designing. You know, if you're if you just if you look like every other chuck in the truck, white van, your van leaks oil when you pull in the driveway, then obviously if you go to, you know, give them a thousand dollar bill, they're going to complain at you. They're not going to refer you. But if you look like a five-star experience and you give them a five-star experience, then obviously you can charge more, you can attract better talent and, uh, right. you know, you'll, you'll have a better business overall. So tell me what, what the experience has been for you, um, moving from this world of, Hey, it's just me kind of doing these jobs, getting paid. Mm -hmm. And then you come to this dynamic where you're like, well, I can't continue just to do this myself. There are some businesses, like if you had a software business by yourself, mm -hmm. okay, maybe that's a little more scalable sure. without high, hiring people. But in you know home service businesses, you need that manual labor aspect. Mm -hmm. So talk about that crossover point where you're like, hey, it's no longer worth it for me to be doing every job. I need to start hiring people mm -hmm. to take some of that time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the home service, essentially what you're doing is selling labor, right? So if it's just you on the truck in the power washing industry, you're not, you're probably never going to make more than $200,000 in revenue or so. I mean, I'm sure there's guys doing more than that and more power to them, but you know, they probably work 80 hours a week. So I'm not super right. impressed. Um, <laughs> I don't get honestly, like there's guys who will swear up and down by one truck, you know, one guy, but that's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I would say, very early on, I realized that I needed to build a team. I mean, the first two years when I was doing like below $100,000 in revenue, there's there's not enough work to hire people. But as soon as I started, you know, kind of understanding what was going on, viewing the business as a business rather than just a job, um, then I started hiring kind of from the bottom of the org chart up. What I always like to do is, you know, kind of like to get the lowest dollar per hour tasks off my plate first. So like mm -hmm. if you can pay someone, you know, 20, 25 bucks an hour to go wash houses, 
then get that off your plate first. And then the next step is like, uh, you know, the administration role, another $20 an hour task. So hire an office manager. And then maybe there's, you know, the, the sales manager, the salesman, that's a hundred dollar an hour task, you know, just kind of work your way out of the company. And that's going to make like a company that's number one worth owning because you can step away from it. You can, you know, if you get hit by a bus, it's not going to die tomorrow. Uh, but it's also sellable, you know, like every business should be built to be sellable, um, regardless of if you intend to sell it or not. Um, just because it's that that's that's an efficient business. A sellable business is an efficient business. Um so I mean, why I wanted to ask us from the beginning, but why power washing? You know, I know you had that story with yeah. your dad, but it, it was like, you know, have you at any point been along the way like, oh, I like this a lot and it's going really well, but maybe there's something else. Or are you like, this is it. I, I like this. A, I want, I want to keep doing this. No, I kind of hate it. to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I always, I never liked the work. Um, well, let, let's talk about that for a little bit. Like, I think the conversation of liking something, uh -huh. and, you know, anybody who has something they, they love, there are days that aren't great. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's, let's be honest. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, definitely. But like, let's talk about that for a second. Like loving something versus having a business, liking it uh -huh. and kind of that whole hierarchy of yeah, no, I mean, what I makes the most sense. I don't have a passion to wash houses. <laughs> uh, the, the really like, I mean, I, I never, I never loved going to do the work. I didn't really hate it either. It's kind of being a bit, you know, harsh. Um, but, you know, like I said, from an early point in the business, I kind of realized that I was, you know, not to sound like narcissistic or anything, but when you're the owner of the business, you are too important to be working in the field. So I would be working in the field and I'm like, oh, what the hell am I doing? Like, you know, just doing these $20 an hour tasks. Like I felt like I was doing something totally wrong. So, I mean, it's gotten better. I, I like what I do now more kind of in the general manager seat, you know, a lot more than I did when I was like the technician. And obviously we're making more money. It might be a little bit more headaches, but I'd say it's definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I never, I never had like a huge passion for, for power washing. And even, I would say if I knew then what I know now about like how much money there is to be made in other industries that are a lot, you know, more easily scalable, mm -hmm. then I would probably be in a different industry. Like, you know, some that I look at are like plumbing, roofing, HVAC, you know, these companies where, I mean, you know, Horizon, you see Horizon, they're oh, yeah, a $500 yeah. million company, like right down the street, quality HVAC, or what is it called? Quality degree, HVAC, they're probably like a $25, $50 million company. Like these companies are huge. Um, so what's the difference there? It's power washing. It's, it's just impossible to grow. Very small market that. share of the home services. Is that what it is? The the plumbing and HVAC industries, I think are like maybe $160 billion industries or something like that. Power washing is $4 billion, right? So even if I get 1% of the market share in power washing, it's peanuts. And uh, you know, I know it's a little bit of like, you know, grass right. is greener sort of thing. Um, but it's just, I mean, you don't see $10 million plus power washing companies. You barely even see $3 million plus power washing companies. Whereas if you're a plumber and you're making less than a million, you're like, probably brain dead you know <laughs> so there's just a lot of industries that are a lot easier because number one the market share is a lot bigger and number two it's you know average higher average tickets the fact that we have to have a salesman somewhere in our line uh even if it is an over the phone salesman sort of slows down the the rate of sale that you can make and it's just it's just a tough industry like i mean i i have i have a business coach and he's got a you know 
probably one point five two million dollar power washing company, and he's like, dude, yeah, I'm like in too deep, you know. He he like they they did it like a a million two or three last year or something, and they barely profited anything, just because with power washing the average tickets are so low, and you need to have so many managers in place, office manager, production manager, right. uh, general manager, that they just suck up all of your profit because there's such low average tickets that there's not much left over. So that's why I always say like, I'm not sure even my coach says, this is probably just more so like my springboard business, just sort of what I get started in, what I learn soft skills in, what I learn leadership in, and then I'll get to something where I can actually make like a significant amount of money. Yeah. Not I think, that I'm not grateful to be making how much I am right now, but you know, sure. I just have like goals that are bigger than this. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a question we've had on this podcast before. It's like, well, you know, what, what's the goal? I think a lot of people sometimes have this mm-hmm. um, this mentality of just continuous growth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay. yeah. But it's like, well, why? Some, you, know, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. because there's like this balance between, like I had a, a real estate guy on and he was part of like this firm and stuff and he was working his ass off doing all this stuff. He basically pulled back a couple steps. Yeah, that's exactly what my coach is thinking about doing. Pulled back a couple steps, basically was able to make like, more money yeah and profit. Wor- working yeah working like a third less mm-hmm. and he didn't have all the the overhead headaches of like yeah. from the managerial stuff yeah. so you know it's this thing of i think and 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 he was juxtaposing a guy who he knew about a business he had he's like oh i have 50 employees and he's like they were talking about what they made and he's like oh like that's it you, uh-huh. know, you know what i mean yeah because once you have all this infrastructure there's a lot of overhead costs that come with that so yeah there might be you know, a much higher ceiling, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where like the the quality of life and balance of what am I looking to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, or is it, do I just like, I like the growth as like yeah. a challenge? Honestly, maybe, I, maybe I mean, that's it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, like competitors, maybe have a bit of an ego. I think that's just kind of the guy who gets into entrepreneurship, the average like avatar, I guess. Um, and yeah, like the, the numbers are, you know, I'm not like, I don't spend a ridiculous amount of money I don't have, you know, flashy and like a nice truck, but nothing super crazy. Um because like the business is just like a game for me. You know, the the numbers aren't sure they don't mean much more than numbers on the paper. It's just like yeah, the high score going up. It, yeah, it's it's like once certain needs are met, uh-huh. the I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you you really anything in excess of that. And I don't know, it's it's kind of funny because you, you would think that I think the general consensus from many either outside people or whatever the case is, is that you know, business owners are these, you know, greedy type right, people yeah. when in fact it's like, well, if I already have this business and it's doing this, if I grow it a little bit and I can make more, mm-hmm. it's just. I pulled nothing from like, the why? business the first three years. I was doing, you know, hundreds of thousands of revenue pulling $0 from the business. So like, tell me I'm in it for the greed and the money. Like you, you can't, it's not true. Well, it, it, and, and yeah, it kind of blows me away all the time because it's like, I don't, having talked to many business owners, I don't really see that. Right. It's not, like, I, I think it's the general consensus, honestly. Yeah. Like most, most people are just in it like for the game. They don't really care. I mean, of course they care how much money they're making, but it's, it's not so they can spend it and be an asshole. It's like, right. it's and, just what they want to do. And, it's like their like, sport. Business is my sport. Yeah, and and even if they're at a certain level, say they're just making, say whatever they're making, say they're making million million five mm-hmm. whatever it's just like it costs them more to step away yeah than to just continue to do it like if you're if you already have it a business that's operating bringing that in it's like okay yeah my needs are met i don't have to work ever again mm-hmm. but it's like well why would i stop if exactly. i if i'm if i can just sit here and do the same thing right that's it's like the mentality that a lot of entrepreneurs have i think hmm. interesting. interesting yeah, yeah I, I i enjoy talking about that especially the 
how it, the business growth mindset interfaces with the quality of life mindset. Mm -hmm. Because I do think there are some people who do get it messed up a little bit where, you know, they're just grinding too hard. And they don't know why. And they don't know why. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's to pay for stuff that they may not even care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think about what I actually purchase in my day-to-day -day life, what, what I, and I, I don't really buy anything. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really need anything. Right, I feel, I feel the yeah. need not to like, I don't feel the need to like go and buy yeah. random Louis things. Vuitton, it's yeah. It's nothing. Stuff. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I, I, two, two books that I'll recommend off that point that you just made start with why by Simon Sinek and Oh yeah, great book. The No BS Small Business Book by Casey Graham. That's a lesser known one, but they're both all about understanding why why you're in business. Like that one guy, Casey Graham, who wrote the No BS Small Business Book. Um, his first like experience with entrepreneurship was either his dad or his uncle or his grandpa or something, uh, like killing themselves because of the stress that entrepreneurship caused on him. And he goes on to talk about how a lot of people will, you know, grow their companies. You know, they say they have a $10 million goal, you know, they'll grow their company to 10 million and then be depressed or, or you know, sell their company and then kill themselves, which is like actually a pretty common occurrence um, because they don't really know why they're doing it. So those two books are both about understanding why you're really in business. And that's something that I think that I have a good grip on and I'm very lucky to have um, because, you know, when the going gets tough, I think back to my why and I say, well, this is why I'm doing it. Like mm. stick to it. Yeah, it's a great book. Start yeah. with why. Mm -hmm. For anybody out there who is not quite sure exactly why they're doing what they're doing, or they want to explore that deeper, um, or if someone asks you what you do, maybe respond with your why instead of what I it like is. That, yeah. Because at the end of the day, no one really, at least I think, based on reading Simon's book, I don't think that many people, um, when they ask the question, what do you do? You know, I think they're more interested in the question of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, why and how did you start this business? Not, oh, I do power washing. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, it's a very short conversation if I just yeah. leave it right there. Um, I think I might say his last name, by the way. Wrong, by the way. Simon Sinek. Sinek? Yeah. I think I, I say Sinek. Sinek. I think way. I got the emphasis. I'll, 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 I'll email him and let him know. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you boys <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, Manifest it, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. So let's kind of jump back into, I guess, the the breadth of services mm -hmm. that you guys offer. Yeah. Um, because I think initially you were probably more just houses, sidewalks, driveways, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But it seems like you've added quite a number of other pieces to your product offering. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we've added a ton um, just because I'm more someone who wants to go deep rather than wide. Like we sure. can go out and offer seal coating and window screen replacement and plumbing work and all this random stuff but it's it's you know a jack of all trades is a master of none right so at the at the moment we offer power washing soft washing uh so that, you know it includes like all houses roofs patios decks walkways stuff like that and then we do exterior window cleaning as well we don't touch interior because we're not you know, we're just not great at it. It's not what we like to do. Um, and then we also offer Christmas lights. So we provide the lights, install them, maintain them throughout the season and remove them and store them as well. We'll do that from October to January right now. I've got crews out right now taking lights down. Um, but about 40% of our business or 40% of our revenue will come from Christmas lights every year, which is wow, a pretty crazy statistic because it's about a 10-week season. What does that make you think i mean is like you know even our conversation makes me think about stopping power hydro lights dude i mean well it's kind of funny because you know businesses get to a point sometimes where it's like 
some of the data you just can't ignore. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Do yeah. I just keep scratching? The 80 this 20 rule, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, even some of our business, I've looked at it and I'm like, I could just not do any of this work mm-hmm. and still be making most of what I'm making. Hey, it's crazy. And so I think that's a mentality that people really have to self check because sometimes, myself included, you'll walk through doing work for a certain number of people or clientele. And because 20% of your clients are driving 80% of your revenue, Mm -hmm. it's just like, well, maybe I have to call back on my client base and to start building strong again for those people who are really the most ideal client. Yeah, Like maybe you have a recurring person who every year they want their entire house power washed. They want Christmas lights. They want the whole package. You know what I mean? Every, you know, so it's like, well, maybe instead of focusing on, you know, the one guy down the street who just wants his sidewalk done and you're, you're sending a crew out there just for that. It's like, well, maybe we just double or triple or quadruple dip on all these people who want all of our services. Um, Yeah, exactly. Right. There's also a risk with having fewer clients though it's like sure that's why i try to stay out of the commercial game. i mean i don't try to stay out of the commercial game but i don't market right people have clients. like one or two clients yeah exactly i mean look at like these giant co- you know giant property maintenance companies with like one client like say walmart's your nationwide client for right. you know, snow removal or something like imagine like fire. Uh, yeah all of those jobs are just toast like your your company is yeah in the shitter now because there's definitely risk and that, yeah and it brings into the question like you know client base like diversification mm-hmm. it's like well maybe we bring on two mid-sized businesses right, right you know i need mean, to pad the bottom yeah. a little bit and then we have like some of our ideal people then we have this other little fringe area of yeah. of just christmas lights people yeah you know that's I mean? why we're residential like we serve hundreds of clients over the course of the year maybe even a thousand at this point and if, if one person is not happy with us or fires us or is impossible to work with then you know it's not the end of the world whereas say like a, a commercial power washing company that might only have five clients, but has a ton of recurring revenue. So it seems like a super valuable business. Right. But if two people fire them, they lose 20% of their revenue in the, or actually my math is wrong, 40% of their revenue because right. they have five clients. So it's like, you know, pick your battles, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a risk. Um, one of the things here uh, that I wanted to chat about was, mm-hmm. you know, some of the the capital investment on the side of the business. Yeah. It's like sometimes people either in, you know, the home service type business or whatever, you know, you, 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 there's certain equipment that's cost money that you need. And so maybe talk about some of the stuff that that you did. Is it just like this slow, you know, snowball type role to get to the point where it's like, okay, I have some capital set aside. I can start, um, buying up more trucks, more power washing equipment. What was that process like? Yeah, so I, I I've um spoke about this before with somebody else. I don't remember who, but I essentially started the business with with no money. Like I I started number one borrowing my grandpa's truck, and then I cleaned my uncle who I told you about. He gave me five hundred bucks. I cleaned his house with his power washer. I'm not sure how I pulled that <laughs> off. I must be one hell of a salesman. <laughs> but I I, I yeah I yeah yeah. I want to clean your house, and you're gonna buy the power washer. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, but I borrowed his power washers, and I was then obviously I was like you know five hundred bucks in the black already. So I really only used like money that I profited from the business to invest into the business. So even to this day, I'm I'm really like only up money. I'm, I'm I've never really. I mean, of course, we've done big capital investments, and obviously a lot of the net profit has stayed within the business. So maybe if you were to look at like adjustments, like taking my salary out, then maybe you know I'm like. 
in the in the in the red, but I don't really look at it that way. <laughs> you know, I don't need very much money, so I don't pull much from it. Yeah. Um, I just kind of reinvest most most back into it. I think that's a, a big thing too, because you're you're on the younger side, mm-hmm. you also have a, a higher um you can afford to have a higher risk, oh, yeah. risk tolerance. Super lucky. I'm you super, know, super lucky. You know, you know what I mean? Because if you once you hit an age when you're like, you know, thirties, yeah, m- mid forties, yeah, you have a family, you know, oh my gosh, it, yeah. it, it can still be done. But now your household overhead has just gone up. Oh my up. gosh, it's terrifying. And so in order to, it's like, I have to, with this business, I have to profit at least this much mm-hmm. to pay expenses and then some, which makes it harder for- Yeah, you grow at a snail's pace. Right, yeah. because you're constantly putting back into things that you have yeah. to uh, pay for the cost of. I mean, if you're paying for a whole family, like that's another, you know, what, six to eight grand. I don't know the exact numbers, but like eight grand that you can't pull in profit to reinvest over the course of a year. It's like- significant you know that might be all of your profit that your your right. family's living off so right. then you know you get to year's end and you have no money left over you're like all right well how are we going to grow we have no money you know it's, it's right it's a nightmare so I'm, I'm and, and the thing is too it's like not to say like your quality of life might be better even though maybe you're not quote-unquote profitable after mm-hmm. you pay yourself a salary yeah but it's like hey listen i'm paying myself a good salary oh, yeah cover all of our expenses you know maybe we're profiting a tiny bit mm-hmm. but at least i have autonomy over what yeah. i'm doing as opposed to being in like some corporate setting yeah or something. yeah i think a lot of people don't really understand how like profit margins work especially when it comes into like you know if you're if you're structured as an s corp and you're paying yourself a salary mm-hmm. you know it's like oh you know say say you're not profitable or if you profit five percent on the year but you paid yourself a hundred fifty thousand dollars salary people are gonna think like you're a failure but you you know you still pulled 150 grand you know it's, right. it's still a successful business and then and then it's, i it can kind of be profit margins can, can kind of be like a little sneaky yeah because then in your head you're like well in order to be actually profitable it's got to be on excess of whatever i'm pulling exactly out. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but that's not really realistic you're like you're your real salary should probably be, you know, 80 grand. So you really are like, you know, yeah. like 70 grand yeah. in, the, in, the, in the black. Um, So in, in your line of work, how would you say the role of just communication plays? Um, because I think maybe another general assumption, um, not across the board, but there's certain industries that may not be as service oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, certain ones are very service oriented. Like if you have, like hospitality, uh-huh. work at a hotel, you obviously have to be service oriented. Yep. It's the whole business. But on things like, you know, HVAC, home service stuff, I think a lot of people, because they're looking to just hit numbers, they'll do a job, but then some of the communication on the back end might not mm-hmm. completely be there. Either they're not following up, they're not keeping that relationship warm yeah. or future business, which is going to bite them in the future. Yeah. But Talk about that and maybe how you guys handle that. Yeah, when I, when I think of bad service, bad communication, I think of one, one-off one businesses like roofing. I mean, you think about it, they have the, the their client will use them once every 30 years. So I think a lot of roofers are kind of you know, yeah. jackasses in terms of how, how much service they provide. Right. Um, but, but but for us, you know, we're like, we're, we really are like a rec- recurring model uh, every other year, every year. Uh, is about average. So, you know, service is super important to us. You know, we're trying to give everybody a five-star experience and I think we do a pretty good job at it. You know, on Google, I think we have a, I mean, I know we have a five-star rating off like 250 reviews at this point or something like that. So, you know, we obviously do a pretty good job providing a high level of service, but yeah, I stress it to the guys every day that, you know, these people are trusting their largest investment ever with us. Um, so, so we have to, you know, they have to be in good, trustworthy hands. Yeah, I think um, 
I don't know. I th- it's 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 hard. I think it's also part of it too. Is it's hard. It's hard to build like a service because then you have more overhead. You need someone yeah. who's making the calls to be like, how was everything? Was it was it fine with uh-huh. your liking? Are you sending out surveys afterwards yeah. to see what the you know what I mean? I dream of having a business where we just like sell a product. Like you know what's the best uh-huh. one, if, dude? Yeah. I don't know if you get these retargeting ads, Doctor Squatch. You ever see him? Yeah. Oh so- my gosh, dude! They hammer me with retargeting ads, and I'm like, I just wish I started a company like this it's easy you know well, to it, it's and funny because i i've all you have to do is a pay a freaking marketing budget it looks so damn easy yeah i i thought about that too like even some of the 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 two i think the two best shark tank ideas ever yeah were the scrub daddy and oh. then the um bomba socks yeah and i'm like these are both like to to, to make to manufacture they're under like three dollars i know it's nuts and i'm it's, like it's all about making the brand though i that's why i like yeah. stress brand so much because you think of like menial home objects that just don't have a cool brand. You know, I mean, obviously Dr. Squatch thought of it with bar soap. Think about before Dr. Squatch, there was no cool bar soap. And yeah. now like just since they make funny ads and they, you know, crush it on the marketing side, they're, they're I think a 200, they're either 150 or $200 million company. That's wild. Some freaking soap. I know. And then same thing with like Scrub Daddy. I mean, what are they? Are they $500 million company? billion yeah, dollar company something there's something that. ridiculous uh but it's like you know you, they're like oh let's just make a cool sponge like i mean they made it a little bit better but it's pretty average yeah. sponge yeah. it just has a cool brand yeah if it didn't have a smiley face it would be like Dude, it'd be every other <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i guess part of it is too it's like that's the simplicity but that's also like the genius part you exactly, know what I exactly mean? yeah and like even all these ideas that i'm a big proponent of the fact that like i think a lot of of the best entrepreneurial ideas aren't really new ideas. No, yeah. They're kind of these ideas that that sit behind um sit behind the facade of existing things. So what I mean yeah. by that is like think of like um Uber or think think of think of Airbnb. Yeah. So you had you had all these hotels and everyone's like, oh, this is the only way to stay when I go anywhere mm-hmm. else. But then it's like right behind that, you have all these homes yeah. that are just not being utilized. And it's like, that's been there forever. Dude, I almost get mad when we talk like talk about ideas that I didn't come up with because I'm like, why did I not <laughs> You idiot. Honestly, dude. Like, door, actually, my dad had the idea for DoorDash like mm. a, a, a while before they started. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a, a story. Um, actually, you finish first and I'll go after uh, you. I mean, he just never jumped on it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were. He's not the owner of DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, there's not much else. <laughs> I um, I I started an entrepreneurship club in college, uh-huh. and um, we would just there wasn't a ton of us, probably like four or five. Yeah. But sometimes we would meet after school, and we would just like throw ideas back and forth. And this is probably like 2014, yeah. or something. Yeah. And dude, our idea basically was, yo, what if I could do like, if I wanted like a, a Chipotle burrito like a Starbucks coffee and then like something else from somewhere else. It's like, and someone would pick it up. And, and so basically the same thing, literally, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like the, I don't know what it was, I guess, you know, you don't take it as seriously as you should. Or like, ah, this will be like, whatever. That's stupid. Yeah. That's what I do hard. I don't know. Allow that. You know, maybe that should be the, um, I don't know, an inkling for Maybe this is a good thing I should go with. This is stupid. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the trigger. But like, I've always just wanted to, um, in the back of my mind, have like a business with a single product mm-hmm. that costs like two dollars to manufacture. Yeah, you have eighty percent gross and you, margin. And you, yeah, yeah, you can pay, you, you can sell it for like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, and it's also so easy to do projections. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I just buy it for this, sell it for this. And that's it. Especially stuff where it's like direct to consumer single products. Right. Once you know your customer acquisition costs, like that is your customer acquisition costs. So it's like, you can just build out these marketing budgets. Whereas me, you know, the, the, like the economy is not affecting the soap market, you know? So like (laughs) Dr. Squatch can just sit down and say like, oh, our customer acquisition cost is $5. If we spend this many, you know, $5 ads and we're going to get this many clients, it's like so easy. Whereas I think customer acquisition costs for, for home service, especially is all over the place, especially when you start looking at like what, uh, like what avenue you're you're spending the money on? Like our customer acquisition costs for Google L- LSA ads might be one hundred fifty dollars, whereas Facebook is three to bucks. It's, right, it's like impossible almost. Yeah, I, I it's almost uh, I don't know. I, I envy the the simplicity sometimes, especially because mm-hmm. if you talk about a product that's two bucks or you know three bucks, yeah, no matter what the state of the economy is, it's like. People are going to buy it. Oh, my my scrub daddy is better five years kind of dirty. Yeah, Uh, I I can't buy it because the the economy's in shambles. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like you're going to buy it anyway. Oh, the bond market. I can't get my scrub daddy today. (laughs) Maybe next month. (laughs) Um, but uh, but yeah, I I digress. Um, so back back to power washing. (laughs) Yeah, the uh. So I always I was wondering this. I I, I assume it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh-huh. But was there anything behind the name, Hydropowers? Um, I'm pretty sure my dad came up with that. I'm never good at like thinking of names. Hmm. Um, but no, meaning <laughs> 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 at all. <laughs> Just sounded you, cool. You know what's funny though is I I the 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 more I I come across business, I think that's a more common thing. Like everyone wants to have like oh. Like I was hiking yeah. in the Himalayas and oh, I yeah, came across bro. this Hell weird no. muskrat and that was the name we used for our business. It's like, yeah. well, no, it just kind of sounded cool. So yeah, I, that's, I think that's what everybody is. Dude, now though, there's there's a couple companies around me. I might have to start sending out some cease and desists. There's Hydro Men, which I mean, I don't know. It's not, I guess Hydro, it's just, it just means water. So I guess I'm going to yeah. come across a couple. And then there's another one just like Hydro Works. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I probably have no legal standpoint there, but. I don't know. I, that's an area I don't know enough about, like copyright law. And I could and just like, like send them one to try to scare them. Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually had a, at a brewery in Jersey, and there was a brewery in California, and um, you know, the app Untapped, where you keep yeah, yeah. beers. They sent a, a cease and desist. But th- these are the bo- Apted? No, no, no. The a brewery from California sent one to a brewery in okay. Jersey for a similar name. But off the ends of the country, really. But but it's like they're all there's like these. Both of them are like these super small, like breweries, three thousand miles apart. Yeah, and it's like, what are you doing? That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I, I know, and that's that thing too. It's like in business, you try. I don't know. You hear these stories about these cutthroat attorneys at like the highest level, and, uh-huh. but it's like you know, at a certain point, it's got to be like, all right, let's just work this out, like yeah, right. man to man or whatever the case. What is. are we doing? Um, is good. Yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is good. We did this. Um, so we finally broke out the beverages on this episode. <laughs> Uh, we just have some bubbly uh, lime water. I don't usually like uh, like sparkling water stuff. Uh, this is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I don't drink it a ton, um, but uh, you ever had? Um, I'd like to try them though and see what ones are different. You ever try Spindrift? No, you might. I have like... some Lacroix. My one guy loves Lacroix, so we keep the fridge stocked with that. I, I like Lacroix, um, but sometimes like some of the, I don't know, it doesn't quite hit the. It's like I need more flavor sometimes. You know? oh, wait, I saw a funny meme. It was like a, 
He's like, LaCroix are flavored. Like someone whispered the name of the flavor in the opposite room. Yeah, I, I guess all that. It was like going through all these flavors. And one of them was like, uh, hint of hint of lime. <laughs> the one I think was like, uh, LaCroix are flavored. Like someone rolled a fruit past the, 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 the bottle <laughs> and said it was flavored. Yeah, I think the one you're talking about was like someone like whispered like raspberry from the other room or something. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They don't so, taste very. Much. But if you have a, if you ever had a spin drift before, mm. um, have you had them before? I've, I've had them before. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty good, and like you pour it, and it, it like, one I had was like raspberry, cranberry, orange for like for the other holiday flavor uh -huh. or something. But you pour it in a glass, it's like red. Like there's oh, definitely really? like like fruit stuff hmm. in there. Or maybe some red forty. Um, yeah, <laughs> just red dye. Um. No, but yeah, they're they're uh they're pretty tasty, but it it does kind of scratch the itch, um you know for that for that flavor aspect yeah. a little bit more. Um, so what's uh, what's kind of the plan for for next year? It looks like you have or this year I should say mm -hmm. you have these different segments that have kind of, um you know congealed in their own way. Yeah. Christmas lights is kind of doing its thing. Um, what's kind of your outlook for for twenty twenty four? Yeah, so the big goal on the board is a million dollars in 2024. Um, you know, I mean, if we continue like our current growth rate, we we can hit it because um, we've been doubling every year. And I guess you know, I said I wasn't going to say like too many revenue numbers, but I guess you could infer what we've done in the past few years off these <laughs> statements. But uh, yeah, I mean, a million's the goal in 2024. I also just want to, you know, make sure I like maintain as much of my time as possible. Um, mm in terms of like hiring a production manager, maybe eventually getting a general manager in, uh, you know, or planning to get me out of the sales seat in 2024. So, you know, I'm not really going to be involved with any, I'd say after I have, you know, technicians hired, which is obviously already done office manager, which is done. And like, we still have to hire a production manager and a sales, like, you know, someone to do the sales. And I think we're going to be doing remote sales in 2024. Um, then I'll be pretty much out of day to day totally. So at that point, I might even look at starting something new, something that could be a little bit bigger, maybe something that you don't have to build a production side of the business out, you know, where you can just do sub work. And mm -hmm. the two big industries that I have my eyes on are, are actually three, I guess. One of them isn't really sub work, but the one that isn't sub work is like plumbing. I have a guy who goes to these meetings with us every Thursday who kind of mentioned maybe wanting to team up and start a little plumbing company with me. Uh, just because I think that's a super easily scalable business since it's number one, you have to have it done uh, and you don't need a salesman. So you can, you know, the, the office gets a call. Oh, my, my plumbing thing is broken. Yeah. Just send the plumber out and he does everything. So, so that's, that's why it's super scale scalable. Is is that the biggest um, difference on the home service side between power washing and like plumbing, electrical, et cetera, is because a lot of those calls. Yeah, there's really no sales involved. They're kind of just coming to you with a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a need rather than a want, right? Like a roof is a need. Heating and air at this point, I mean, you can argue it's a want, but at this point, it's a need. Um, plumbing is a need. Uh, but then stuff that's like, you know, what what is Mr. – I mean, they call it a commodity. Like stuff that's a commodity, power washing, painting, stuff like that. It's just harder businesses to scale since they're small, smaller markets because people aren't really forced to spend their money on it. So – I would say the market size is the number one bottleneck to to the power washing industry just because it's like landscaping. You know, anyone can turn around and start a power washing company or a landscaping company, but, you know, it's kind of harder to do that with a plumbing company or roofing because you actually need to know 
some stuff, right? <laughs> Whereas right. You know, monkey could power wash. Yeah, maybe that's the next move. You know. Yes, I mean, and the other two industries are obviously painting and roofing. Uh, so maybe I start something else in 2024, something that you know maybe can hold a little bit more value, bring in some more. Yeah, dough. maybe maybe let's strategize real real quick here yeah, because yeah. it looks like so that that's the value is in what you've done so far. Maybe it has the the lowest um, barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah. Like you said a monkey could do it. Yeah, or, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. there are these other businesses that are tangential that have a same client base that now you have kind of in your system. Here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well. Have all these people. So it's like, if I can just take this, these people and copy them over to this industry or this industry, mm-hmm. I'm already there, you know, yeah, I'm already doing point. this. Yeah. Um, but so is that like, is that part of the, the reason why, you know, some of these other home service things kind of slide in naturally with, uh, with the power I mean, washing angle? Yes and no. I would say the biggest reason is because it's all the same stuff. Like every home service business is the same business model. Um, almost all of them are the same business model. It's just like you're doing a different dance at the end. Like instead of, you know, hmm. if we have, I mean, I could drop you know, painting into our service right now, we could sell painting work, but then we just have to do a different dance at the end. They have to do different work. They have to paint the house instead of power wash it. So it's like the yeah. same model that I can just pick up. And once I master it, I can kind of pick it up and move it anywhere. So okay. that's what kind of no, is, funny. is attractive I, yeah, about I, it to me. I was kind of brainstorming on some of this episode and stuff a couple of days ago. I don't know if this was a dream or if I thought this in like in like dreaming about me, Greg, right? or like broad daylight. But I was thinking about the the Christmas lights aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, a thing for me is how do I make current offerings more experience oriented? People love experiences. Mm-hmm. They love. They'll pay a premium yep. just for whatever. Yeah. You see people go to theme parks all the time. They'll drop a hundred dollars a day for those things. Oh yeah. So it's like. And again, this could this could be on that that line we talked about earlier. I was like, is this a really shitty idea, or is this like, oh wait, maybe there's something there? Yeah. I was thinking about the Christmas lights. I was like, that's probably kind of entertaining to watch. You know what I mean? Then be put up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm yeah, I'm like, yeah. but hold hold on. So let me, yeah. let me finish. Yeah, <laughs> sure. this could be a complete train wreck here. Yeah. But it's like, imagine this. Imagine you you do uh, the lights around say five thirty six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. But part of the thing. Wait, already. Hold, hold on. I don't want to work at your, six your, o'clock. Your, your workers are doing it. <laughs> but hold on. This is why the it. experience part comes in. So you would charge people extra. Mm-hmm. What you would do is you'd set up a little like bonfire mm. in their yard, like a portable bonfire thing. Yeah, put it up. Yeah. Give them hot chocolate. They sit around. You're putting lights up. Yeah. You know, it's that whole thing. But it's like you could probably charge whatever the case is for a certain person. I guarantee you they would pay an experience yeah. cost for that. Maybe not that that's not like the end all be all idea, but it's like, I think there's something there that is a good idea. about adding an experience to an industry. Like you already mentioned is kind of like everyone uses the same service model. Mm-hmm. Everyone basically is striving for the same thing. Yeah. How do I interrupt this industry like Airbnb right. and throw something different into this thing that already exists? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. But I think if I was going to put like, I mean, not that it's that much effort, but if I was going to put something into, if I was going to like really double down, mm. I like, I, I just don't think this is a business that I double down on and try to take to my grave. Right. Um, just cause like I said, I mean, there's the, the biggest power washing company in the country is I think perfect power wash out of Akron, Ohio, maybe. Hmm. Um, and they're probably, if I had to guess, I'd guess they're like 25 million maybe 20, 20, 20, in between 20 and 30 million. 
and that's like you know that's, that's like a somewhat impressive like HVAC roofing company like you know it's just I don't know I don't know I, maybe I'm a little bit too obsessed with the revenue numbers and I would I would almost go the other direction or keep have have that kind of stewing on one yeah. burner but on this side it's like what do I if if say I did make it to that point where you know I just have 50 million whatever just sitting there it's like what would I want to do you know what I mean what business mm-hmm. would I build just because I want to build it and it's cool yeah that's a good question as well because I thought about it before too I was like you know I like what I do mm-hmm. um but it's like if you had to like completely scrap everything that you've done so far and be like, if I was to ideally identify something now to work on, what would I work on? Or like, say you had like, I don't know, three years left to live or whatever the case is. It's like, you would start yeah. thinking differently about like, yeah, what do I really want to focus on? Do I want to be doing this you know, for the next That's a good point, many yeah. years? It's like that Tim McGraw song, live like you were dying. <laughs> yeah. So we should we start now? <laughs> yeah. Like we were doing Alicia Keys before we got on. <laughs> Uh, man, the, um, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a thing that I think every entrepreneur mm-hmm. has to come across. It's like you, you have some ideas that are just there and it just smack you in the face and it's like, well, why wouldn't I take advantage of this? Yeah. But then there's certain ones where you're more deliberate and be like, well, you know, and I think that's where the why also becomes a lot oh, stronger. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you don't even have to like search for the why in this business. It's like the why is why I started this right. business. Um, yeah, it's good. That's a good point to kind of try to find your passion and maybe go after that. I don't know if I could like, if I don't know, I I feel like I switch my mind between whether I want to sell or just like hold it until it like isn't cash flowing uh, as long as I can. But I feel like if I could sell, if I could get like a million plus by the time I'm like 24, 25, then like, why would I not do that? Mm. Just because you you see like, uh, you know, a lot of guys get to that $2 million mark and can never push past it like in this industry. So that's why there's kind of, you know, bigger companies across the country, like Ned Stevens gutter cleaning is one of them that will buy up shops that are about that size, you know, 1.5 to 2 million. um, And just like keep them at that size, just make them like as profitable as possible. Like they don't, Mm -hmm. they're not, you know, there's, there's a reason that private equity isn't jumping into the power washing market like they are HVAC and plumbing and roofing. Because those companies you can take to however many hundred million. Obviously, Dave Geiger at Horizon's done like you know five hundred million at this point. So you can pretty much grow those. There's like no ceiling almost. Whereas power washing, like that's not been proven yet. I'm not even sure if like the biggest company in the in the country, Perfect Power Wash, is profitable. There's like a big argument that people don't know if they're profitable or not. And they're twenty five million dollar power washing company. Like that's crazy. So I'm like, if I can get it to two million, like in revenue, maybe you know. 400,000 net profit and then sell it for like a million or a little bit more by the time I'm 24, 25, like, why would I not do that? You know? Yeah. Then you have some time just to kind of. Exactly. And then I can take that and I can start something new or I can go into like a passion project sort of thing. It's a corny thing to say, but you know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my mind every day, like I said. Yeah. I think the, I mean, it's not one day I'm not thinking about something in regards to Mm -hmm. this conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. How can you not? I mean, mean, like that's the biggest thing I think, because I remember I went to college, um, (laughs) out of college, I, uh, I applied for a job at a company and I didn't get the job. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, I I started working independently. That's Mm kind of what I did. And I think about everything I've learned just from being exposed to business world stuff in the independent channel. And it's like, you learn so much quicker 
Oh my god! You know what I mean? Like you're learning marketing like real time every single yeah. day. I don't think there's any way that college could have taught me everything that I know now. I don't think there's any no. chance. And I guess that's a question too. It's like people like, I guess sometimes justify, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, good thing I went to college for that. But it's like, yeah. well, how much of where you're at now was a product of that versus a product of just yeah. being in the right. workforce? I but I think know. a lot of like when you go to major in business at college, you're not learning like this kind of business that I'm doing right now. Right. You're not learning entrepreneurship. You're learning how to be a banker, you know, at a multi-billion dollar company or something. Right. You know, which isn't my, I mean, if that's your thing, like go, go for it. Not my thing, but uh, I think that's like more so the education that you get when you're either like a business major or a finance major. You know, they're not, they're certainly not teaching you how to work for yourself. Certainly not. Right. Yeah. The, um, that's funny you mentioned the, the private equity and the, the HVAC mm-hmm. business. That's crazy. I'm like so jealous. I'm <laughs> so jealous sitting on the sidelines watching it happen. It, it's pretty wild. Like I honestly, it kind of uh nuts. It's 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 kind of unbelievable some of the areas that private equity is getting into now. Mm-hmm. The areas that they you see the ones that they see are profitable. Yeah. You know what else they're in? That I don't know if you knew this, but they're Garage doors? uh nursing homes. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet they're big money makers. Isn't that wild? I was though? talking you weren't down to the media. I was talking to Rob uh from J Dog. And mm-hmm. he said the VA, since he, I don't know, the one guy is like not a disabled vet. So I guess he'd have to pay for the VA. I don't even really know mm-hmm. what the VA is to be totally honest with you. I'm 20 years old, cut me some slack. But, <laughs> but um, he said it would be $13,000 a month for like full, full-time full care from the VA. 13 grand a month. Well, if you look. So at- like, like Shenandoah, I think is like, you know, nine grand a month or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the average cost, depending on where you are, it's, it's all zip code based. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because we deal with that all the time. Uh-huh. Especially people who need like long-term care assistance or whatever in these facilities. Yeah. It'll be like in some areas, it's up to like 15 grand a month Dude, per person. Insane. So if you're a couple, I mean you're 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 paying 30 grand a month for yeah. for uh, you know, just, just living. Like a nurse in a home, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. See why PE is getting into it, dude. Only. Well, I mean, that's that's the part too that it's kind of scary. It's like, well, what what is their yeah, I get it's profitable, but then it's uh-huh. like if their goal is to be you know, more and more profitable all the time. Yeah. It's like you have, I mean, you can see where some of that stuff could go yeah, south I'm, where it's like, gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. They start cutting corners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ter- 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 Teresa's on her last leg, you know, <laughs> we could fill it with somebody new. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of joking, but <laughs> like kind of, kind of serious. It's like, that's an area where things that are oh, the outside, gosh. very black and white, then they become very gray once you yeah. have shareholders involved, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just please the shareholders <laughs> get Teresa out of there. That's crazy to think about. But it, it what threw me, it, what's crazy is you think about some of the private equity stuff is how mm-hmm. even like corporations now are buying tons of like residential real estate. Yeah, land. So yeah. it's like what? Now we have residential real estate, all the plumbing. It's almost like they're, everything is going to be oh, it's rented. Crazy. Homes are going to be rented. Oh, you're also doing all of my plumbing and electric. Oh, by the way, when I move out of my home, you're going to control my my nursing care. Yeah, it's so weird to think about. Dude, it's, yeah. it's like- and It's what BlackRock is the biggest one. BlackRock State Street, right? Yeah, or Green Street was it called? State Street, State Street. Yeah, but but it is kind of wild. And like I didn't I didn't know about the HVAC or the the plumbing stuff. Yeah, so big into it. So yeah. it, it it kind of just puts more pieces into this uh-huh. puzzle a little bit of. Yeah, and then like you know it, it might not look like P's like directly buying these smaller companies out, but like Horizon Services mm-hmm. will offer every single HVAC company in the area. Like you, you can be a two man, three man shop. You'll get an offer for five hundred thousand dollars to to for them to buy your business just because they want all of it. Like they don't want a sliver of market share like getting away from them. 
So what, what's the, I wonder how they structure their deals as far as some of their buyouts because it, seem, it seems like it, <laughs> I know the multiples are a lot better than power washing. Power washing will get like a three to five x multiple, right? You know, Evita, but I think uh, like HVAC and plumbing are getting like ten to, ten to to fifteen. I think is the last number that I heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. It's like ridiculous. It is. It is you pretty profit a hundred thousand dollars and you're getting a million. That's nuts. Yeah, a million five. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean. That's why I'm wondering what what their arrangement is on the back end because it seems like unless there's like a uh, what's it called, um, do not compete. Yeah, do not compete or non compete thing or non compete. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm guessing there probably is some of that because uh -huh. oh, you, you you would just sell and be like, I'm yeah, do the same thing oh tomorrow. Gosh, they got a they they're probably barring people from the industry <laughs> left and right. Yeah, for dude. like ten years. Holy yeah, nuts. So. Um, so talk to me about. Uh, what you have, I guess, vision wise, we've kind of touched on some of it mm -hmm. here, but maybe, maybe not super long term. Like I, in my life, what is my goal? But like, what is like the goal for the next, I guess, year or two for, or things that you've seen that haven't worked in the past couple of years that you might want to tweak for going forward? Um, I mean, one of the big goals for 2024 is switching to like remote sales. Uh, so like over the phone sales mm. rather than like before this, you know, it was either me, I hired a, I hired a salesman for this past Christmas site season, but this next season, yeah, we're trying to switch to over the phone sales. I've seen some people do it right. Some people argue against it. You know, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't think anybody does, but power washing is just sort of a tough industry to hire sales for because there's not a ton of money in it. Like, uh, you know, a, a good salesman can go to roofing, not to keep bringing the industries up, but can go to roofing or HVAC and make $100,000 without even trying. There's like almost no one in the power washing industry doing sales that makes $100,000. So it's hard to find good salesmen. And, you know, if, if you are going to find someone who's like new to sales or is trying to break into sales, then, you know, you're going to spend way too much money developing them. Right. And it's money that you don't have because you can't do a hundred thousand yeah. dollars a month with one truck like a plumber can. And unless you have them kind of uh, you know, a golden handcuff or something where they're kind of tied to the business. They'll, exactly. They'll just go those jump the owner. Yeah. The owner. That's exactly why all power washing companies, the owners are doing the sales. Yeah. But I'm trying to move out of that because you know I, I want to be able to step away from the business. Like I said, I I like going down the beach in the summer. Um so I don't want to have to be sitting at the desk, you know, 24 seven. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big goal. Beach house, yeah. beach yeah. house by, by 25 or 26, I think. What, what, what yeah. beach? Seattle city. Nice. Mm -hmm. Favorite place in the world. Did, did you uh, grow up going down there? Yeah. Yeah. I've been going for 20 years. We rent every year and I want to you know, kind of give my family the opportunity to not have to run anymore. Did you go to the OD? Yeah, well, I'm 20 years old, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Can't yet. This summer I'll yeah. be at the, I'll be at the damn OD. <laughs> <laughs> What else is there? There's a few other places right on that, like that corner. Yeah, there's right? the Ore House. Uh, what's the one called now? The Point, I guess it's called now. It used to be. Hmm. What it used to be. I don't remember. Um, but then there's like Kicks a little bit further up the island. Um, Dead Dog, right, right next to O'Donnell's Poor House. How about um, good spots? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't know, but good spot. I'm, I'm told. I've heard. <laughs> what What is the um? Let me get your thoughts here, real quick, just because I I think it'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Your thoughts on the the restaurant or, or the food and beverage industry? Yeah. So I I've heard it's it's tough. It's very tough to run, and I also don't like that it's sort of like brick and mortar. 
businesses are somewhat capped. Like I've heard that a uh, a restaurant, like the average restaurant, can really only do four million. Like we'll max out at four million hmm. um, in revenue. And that's a ton of money. You know, you can pull a few hundred thousand dollars a year from a four million dollar business. Um, like I mean, right next door, the bakery. Like they, you know, they got a beach house. Like they're they're doing all right. Um, but I don't like the fact that it's like capped. I don't think it's something I would ever get involved in unless I'm like a yeah. you know a silent partner or something. Unless you got a you know like some fast food uh, franchise like Chick Fil A, have people in the, in the parking lot with iPads. Yeah, exactly. Take, take orders. Exactly. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, what I've heard about the food and beverage industry again, I'm not you know super super close with uh, an industry, but um, I think the margin tends to be pretty not not great. You know no, I, mean? I don't think it is either. Yeah. I think it's and then I think there's a huge. The first couple of years, I think it has like the highest failure rate. Like I think it's is that right? Some crazy like it's like eighty five percent of restaurants in the first couple of years like go out of business. Gosh, um, it's cold blooded. Yeah, and um, it's like it's something that you don't really. I mean, no, I guess you do have control over it, but it's hard to like. I imagine when you're slow, like it's hard. It's hard to market a restaurant. I think hmm. like what are you going to run Facebook ads and like Google ads? Like I don't think that's going to do you much. Yeah, you know, like the experience. And the first impressions are what matter so much in that business. Like if you lose a client, you're most likely losing the client for life. Right. In the restaurant. At least me personally. Like if I go to a restaurant and it's bad, I'm never going back. I'm not like, oh, let's give it another shot. Like no, I don't think anybody does that. Yeah. It's also it's also weird because you have to think about I wonder how far the marketing dollar goes in the food and beverage industry mm -hmm. because it's like in some other business, it's like, oh, I want that thing. But but food is so dictated by like, well, what do I feel like right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Probably more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Um so it's like when I buy like an Apple product, it's like I know I want an Apple product. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna switch. Oh, I kind of feel like a, like a right, Google like product. This week. Yeah. <laughs> like no, but it's like uh, so I don't know. Maybe the marketing dollar just doesn't go as far mm -hmm. in those industries because it's still super whimsical by the person. That makes or, sense. Or maybe it does. Maybe it's like maybe I yeah. I don't I don't know how much you can influence it. Maybe I put it out there. And it's like oh now I want those fries because I saw the you know what yeah, I mean. I don't even know. How I don't realistic know. that is. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder what the what like the uh like call, you know Google PPC is on on like restaurants. I'm sure you can look it up, but I don't know. That's why it's like I think your best marketing is really just having a clean restaurant with yeah, exactly. ex yeah. excellent food. Yeah. People, people say people just raving word of mouth, people coming back. Yeah. I think all the restaurants that I go to are it's more word of mouth stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've been here, you gotta try it. Yeah, you know? I don't think I've ever seen an ad for or a restaurant and said, Oh, I gotta go try that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I, I go off recommendations. I go off reviews. Yeah. Maybe like not even fast food places. I don't want to go that many fast food places. No, Especially no, new fast food. No, what else has ever really influenced me is huh. uh, a car commercial. I see really? A, yeah. I see a car commercial. Unless it's like some it's like super high end stuff, like maybe yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I see like a, oh, know, yeah, like a Honda, Honda Sonata, Honda Odyssey. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, look at that! Like that floor storage. It's like, uh, gotta go yeah. buy that right now. But the thing yeah. is, too, it's also blow my mind how how all the car commercials are exactly the same. Yeah, they are. I couldn't even tell you like what company makes that car. I know. Yeah. I only know because I see them on the road. I'm like, like, it's all just like a a car driving through the desert and then coming to like yeah. a stop on like a cliff on an angle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who's paying those people? Yeah, like, honestly, honestly. They're just like going back to stock footage from like 10 years ago. Replacing the they, car. They published a commercial with the wrong like, yeah, year yeah. car. <laughs> like, this one's from 2012. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's something that would happen.
but it's 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 interesting though because I don't know what those companies do that they make them continuously just spend money mm-hmm. on these commercials. I don't know how much they think. I guess it's moving it to some degree, maybe. But I'm like, it must. But also, like businesses like that have to spend like certain amounts of money. Like their, I mean, their marketing department is probably thousands of people. That if they get no, you know, budget dollars in a given year, like <laughs> all those people are out of jobs. So they gotta roll ads. You know, right. they have to spend their budget so they can keep their jobs. Like when when businesses get that big, it's it, you you have to spend more. Like departments of the business that might not be doing anything still have to spend money. Yeah, I'm, but I'm so almost like money. I'm almost like maybe that money is better used though. Like, hey, let me find somebody on Instagram that has. 15,000 followers. Yeah, maybe. I'll just give them a car and they do like a walkthrough of like, hey, this is yeah. why I love it. Well, they are, they are starting to dip into stuff like that with like auto review channels on, on YouTube and stuff. They should. It's about yeah, like time. There's, there's Forest Auto Reviews on TikTok who gets cars sent to them all the time. Not to keep, like, you know, drive it for right. a week and review it is the deal. And then like Doug DeMuro on YouTube. goes like that. Yeah, the... um. The marketing space is, is such an ever-changing mm-hmm. thing. That's what my sister's majoring at, at University of South Carolina. Oh, yeah? In marketing. I, that's the thing, too. I wonder what they're, like, are they doing? I don't even know. <laughs> like, are they doing all, like, the more yeah. upstate stuff? Like, I don't know. She's still first year, so, like, I tried to ask her a question about marketing, but she's like, you know, I'm just taking, like, math right now or some shit. Like, she's in gen eds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't know much yet. But, yeah, I am, I'm eager to ask her in the next couple of years. Cause I'm, like I'm sounding like if, if you're not teaching like at least some sort of like outreach or like community building or, um, you know, ads on TikTok or Facebook, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know what I mean? It, right. I don't think they teach Google ads. It's more, it's more like marketing college. I, I guess it's more just like principled stuff. Like what is brand? What is yeah, but like, but that's the thing too. It's like, watch that, a YouTube video on know, that. That's what I'm saying. But that, that education isn't even really. Like when I think of education, mm-hmm. it's like I want to learn how to do a skill. Yeah, something specific. I don't need to know like, like I could Principles say, like someone saying like, "Hey, you should go build your brand in this way. Do it this way because this is why you do it this way." But I don't, I don't need you to teach me what brand is. I can yeah. just go find that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. So if you give me a document telling me how to do it, I don't know a word. I'll just go Google that word, right. and then I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems very counterintuitive at times, and I try not to judge. You know the whole like college thing because i do have like a lot of friends who go and i know a ton of people who went but it does seem like the only industry where every year it's it's the only industry where every year you get less for what you pay for and you pay more you know the the value goes down and the price goes up no what's funny is i had a i had a professor in college a really great professor who's in the econ department Mm -hmm. and he told me he's like education is the only industry that people are okay with not getting a return on their investment. Wow, yeah. And he said, it's like, they'll pay it. And not only will they pay it, they'll be, ex- the kids will be excited when they cancel class. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're, it's like, it's like, oh, we're not going to give you the product today. Oh, great. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, like what other world is that? That is crazy. Isn't that wild? Put, that's a crazy way to put it. Or think, think about it like this. Think about if you have- We're not going to give you the product today. And they're like, oh, yes. all right. <laughs> It's like it shows that you obviously don't know what you're buying, right? Yeah. Um, or imagine this: imagine if you had to walk into a college class, mm-hmm. and 
every day instead of paying like the tuition through the admin office or whatever. Oh yeah. It's like you had to hand them a stack of like oh, $600 every day. You'd be bad. like, I think I'm not doing this. how many dropouts you would have, dude. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm pocketing this shit. Like I'm not. Dude. Oh my gosh. That's, that's crazy to think about that. That whole thing has to come back into, you know, balance, I think. That's um, nuts. all right, man, let's, uh, before we wrap up here, I'm gonna do a, a quick question round real quick. So All right. a few things. Um ready. So what what is the coolest thing that you've seen lately? Could right, be is this supposed to be rapid fire. Uh it could be. Just take, you can take your time too okay, if you I'm want. Trying to think. The coolest thing I've seen. Oh, 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 this is so sick. I was on a run the other day. Um, Valley Forge. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was gonna go run at a <laughs> I was gonna turn this into way too long of a story. <laughs> But I'm like, I was going to go. Long story, rant. <laughs> I was going to go run at like this place like 30, 40 minutes away. So I was getting on 422. Then all of a sudden, all the tra- like traffic is just blocked like crazy. So instead of going on a 422, I get off, go down to Bettswood Park. I'm not sure if you're super familiar with the area. Um, but I park there and I go go up to the like footbridge across the 422 thing. And I see the state troopers have just the highway shut down and two state or two, two park rangers are like at the footbridge. And I'm like, what's going on today? And they're like, oh, Biden is is using Valley Forge as a landing zone because he's Whoa. speaking at Montgomery County Community College. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Can I still go run down here? And they're like, yeah, just make a fir- make the first left. So I run down there, make a left. I was like, you know, I, I wanted to see, uh, it would be awesome to see him like take off and land and stuff. Um, but I didn't think I was going to. So then I go out, you know, like, I don't know, two, three miles maybe, and then turn back around to come back. And on my way back, Marine one, two, and three, the helicopters that carry him right over top. No of it way. was nuts, dude. I have videos that I sent to my family that were all making fun of me because I'm like a little kid. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, the president's in those helicopters. And dude, it was nuts. And then there was two more helicopters that are like the size of buses, dude. Gigantic helicopters, like so low. Cause they just took off, you know, probably a mile and a half, two miles away from me. Yeah. They're still ascending. It was the coolest. It, it was the coolest wild. shit. Ever. I still remember there was a time um, when Air Force One flew over our house. That's when I was a awesome. Kid, and it was just like, gosh, like so cool. You didn't care. You were just like, oh my gosh, dude. Right, yeah, right I don't even. I'm not like a Biden fan, but I was all. I was like, dude, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of the best tools that you use on a daily basis that you couldn't live without? Um, I mean, definitely my phone is probably a pretty standard answer yeah. phone laptop or it could be like a like a like a software tool too like some of that you use. oh yeah i mean we use jobber go high level are both huge for us company cam so our technicians can take pictures of job sites like before and after we clean so people can't oh, come nice. back and say hey you messed you this up this. and that's happened multiple times people are this one dude wanted us to like replace all the siding he's like you totally ruined my sign so we just send him the pictures and we're like all right, go ahead and pay your bill when you're ready. And then, you know, eventually a check comes in the mail because he feels you know like an idiot because he's wrong. So that, that, that kind of stuff has saved us a ton. We spend a bunch of money on softwares like that. Good. Yeah, that's huge. I never even thought about that. You know what I mean? You think it's pretty cut and oh dry, but there's always... Oh my gosh. Something every freaking job, dude. Because, I mean, it, it's just like the car wash sort of thing. Like there might be a scratch in your car already, but once you go through the car wash, you're saying, oh, the car wash caused it. Right. Right. Because you're looking after something's clean, you're looking at it, you're inspecting it. Right. And uh, yeah, it's easy to blame. And most people probably haven't looked at their houses in you know, no, no, especially when they're dirty. They don't yeah. want to look at them. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, So what, what are the ne- most transformational changes that you're looking to make over the next 90 days? This could be either business or, or personal. Over the next 90 days, I'd say I'm probably 
Well, I'm, I'm doing 75 hard right now, so you know, maybe I'll stick with that. Maybe I won't. We'll see. We're talking about that before. Maybe I'll stick with that. Maybe I won't. But um, I don't know. I guess I'll do that to get in better shape. I don't know. I don't really have a great reason to so why I'm doing it. Yeah. But business-wise, I'm trying to build out like a technician training system, a, uh, a over-the-phone sales training system. Those are two huge ones. And then always just trying to be a better leader, I think, uh, in terms of taking the company to the next level. Leadership is the number one most important skill. Cool. Um, what advice would you give to uh, an entrepreneur or someone who is just looking to, to start a business? Um, I would say don't get caught up in like analysis paralysis. You know, you just have to start. Uh, but also at the same time, I think a lot of people kind of play too much defense in business. A lot of people are trying not to lose mm-hmm. when they should be trying to win. Um, so, I mean, I've always been super aggressive with everything, with our marketing, with our hiring, with our branding. Um, so I would say just be aggressive because that's, that's the way that you're going to grow at a significant rate. You know? Right. That's, I guess that'd be it. And then, uh, what is your favorite beverage? <laughs> um, probably Diet Coke. I'd say probably Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Yeah. yeah. Diet Coke or Miller Lite, no. <laughs> or, uh, maybe water. Uh, yeah. Diet Coke, I guess is. Oh, coffee, coffee, coffee. Coffee? Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's um, well, Tyler, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really had a good yeah, time sir. chatting. And, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, take the next you know, 30 seconds or so if you want to plug a final thought or you have um, social media or anything like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I have like social media. Everything is just Hydropower EC uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you want to get in touch for power washing services or, or Christmas lights, uh, the website's hirehp.com. And then I'm just on Instagram personally at Ty underscore crop, I think. And then TikTok, I have like, you know, a couple thousand followers at this point. Like, uh, I think it's Ty dot crop or maybe Ty underscore crop. One of those Ty yeah. dot crop. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep up with it too much. Cool. Thanks again for coming on, man. Cool. Thanks again for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms and you will get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us or have a business maybe a good fit for the show, feel free to reach out. Our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com, and our Instagram is at leverageandbeverage. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and as always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time.